2022 and we are back it's the full 10 yards nfl podcast hello everyone cecil martin here hey this is hunter henry what's up man this is max crosby part of raider nation hey this is ross tucker former nfl offensive lineman hey it's tyler lockett of the seattle seahawks hey this is jerry judah right receiver for the denver broncos and you're listening to the 14 yard nfl podcast Yes, the first time this year we are back together. Boys, Happy New Year. Let's welcome you in. Steve, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, good, thank you. It's been a, it's been a couple of weeks. I think we've all had a, a Christmas off, a well-earned Christmas off, unlike uh, unlike the NFL, which rumbles on. Nothing stops this league, not even COVID, apparently. But yeah, we here we are. Week 18 is in front of us. Who, who would have thought it? feels like only yesterday we were discussing week two and three. So, yeah, the season has come and gone like that. Frightening indeed how quick it does go. Josh, we met all the way back in week one in Birmingham. Full of optimism, then, mate. It's taken uh, 17 weeks. We're eventually out, so we can now be completely impartial. But uh, how you doing, buddy? You okay, mate? Yeah, I'm just wondering as to where the hell Steve seems to have been, apparently, because this season's felt like it's about... 15 years old i feel like i've aged a good 30 i'm pretty sure that i was a young man with no flipping facial hair at that point and uh, you know now i'd look like someone fit for a flipping warning sign around local flipping communities it's been quite the old uh, emotional roller coaster one of which i'm glad is done from the brown's perspective Christmas didn't feel like Christmas. New Year felt like New Year, uh, simply because of how the year started. And uh, yeah, apart from that, mate, all good. How about you? Yeah, I am not too bad, mate. Started my new job today, so things are definitely looking up for me in 2022. So I'm going to stay as positive as I can be. Let's get into it then, fellas. Um, We didn't have Thursday night football. There there was one blessing to start the year. There was no Thursday (laughs) night football straight into the Sunday slate. And I suppose let's start with the big game that was the one on Sky Sports. It was the one that eventually did clinch the AFC North. It seems like nobody wanted to win it all throughout the season. Um, And somehow the Kansas City Chiefs win streak comes to an end in the most bizarre circumstances. I don't think I've ever seen a final drive quite like it, Steve. 34-31. Obviously, massive, massive play after massive, massive play to Jamar Chase. God knows why Kansas City didn't do anything to change up their coverage. I'll let you talk about that, mate, before I summarise the entire game. It was it was a good one for the neutral to watch, mate. Let's put it that way. Yeah, what a shootout and what a way for a team to take a divisional title as well. Like If you're going to win a title, that's the way to do it in style. Um, and I think we look back to uh, some of our sort of preview pods. I don't think any of us would have picked the Bengals to win the NFC North. I think they're the one team. I think some of us might have picked any of the other three, but not the Bengals. And somehow here we are in January talking about the Bengals as 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 champions of that division, and and they've done it in style. Like you know, props to them for for picking Jamar Chase. It obviously seems to have worked out. And I think there, were, there I saw an alarming stat that. Um, Joe Burrow has now been sacked, I think it's 49 times, 
which is the most ever in a Cincinnati season, which is which is a worrying. But you know, if he can, if if he hasn't snapped the ACL again yet, you know that at least he's managing to play through it, and he's obviously got that connection with Chase, and, and that showed with Chase's day that he had. Um, I mean, you look at his numbers; he was astonishingly good all day. Eleven receptions, two hundred and sixty-six yards, three touchdowns. Now, I, I will I will quickly say that one of them was a bust coverage and it looked a lot better than it actually was there was one of them where he was just he was just open on the sideline and the ball just went to him and i was like where's the cornerback where's the safety like come on if this guy's already good enough we can't just be giving him touchdowns like this but i think one what, what an interesting takeaway from this game is that the chiefs for a long time over the last of six seven weeks have, have obviously gone on this huge winning streak and the, it looked like they were going to you know clinch number one seeding in the AFC with this win and obviously since that he came back but what this proves is I think what we said at the start of the season is that this Chiefs defense still has holes and it still can be got at and this Chiefs team is not as good as previous Chiefs teams now in the last five seasons they are the only team in the NFL that's gone to the playoffs in every single season of the last five, which is which is an incredible stat on itself. But I wonder if this is the year where they perhaps falter a bit in the early rounds. Um, I, I, it obviously remains to be seen if, if the playoffs will run through Arrowhead. Um, you know, they've got to win this week and hope results go their way so that it doesn't go through Tennessee. Um, but I think this, this Chiefs team can definitely be got at and they're not as good as previous Chiefs teams. That said, you know, Pat Mahomes still put on a display, although he was on the losing side. I don't think he really did a huge amount wrong. Um, you know, he had a pretty decent stat line, uh, you know, some, some incredible throws. There was one down the, down the sideline too. I think it was, um, uh, Michael Hardman that was an incredible catch um, and an incredible play just generally by the Chiefs offense but take nothing away from Cincinnati they deserve this game Burrow and Chase have got this electric chemistry um, I thought for what it's worth the Bengals defense played pretty well against a, an obviously electric Kansas City offense um, and this was a blockbuster what a game what a game if we see this again in the playoffs in the AFC we'll be absolutely licking our lips because this was a this was a terrific matchup yeah, Josh, I'm sure you'll probably have um, a few things to say about some of the calls, particularly at the end of the game. Um, I, I mentioned it as well in terms of Chase. I mean, Steve just said there he was literally wide open for one. Even when he was wide open, he, he was always seemingly in man-to-man coverage and it was pretty obvious that that wasn't working. Um, so a bit bizarre that the Chiefs didn't change that up. Um, on the other side of the ball, you know, completely agree with Steve there. You know, they did a fairly decent job in terms of bottling up the the big threats of the Chiefs. You know, if you look at Kelsey's stat line, you look at Tariq Hill's stat line, you know, they don't jump off the page. You know, Kelsey was 5 for 25, Tariq Hill 6 for 40. I mean, anybody would sign up to keeping the Chiefs' big two weapons to those kind of numbers. So, overall, a good performance on the Bengals, but obviously, you know, some certainly questionable stuff down the stretch there. Yeah, so Steve Spagnolo is uh, definitely the guy that's on the centre of my dartboard at the moment. Um, you know, the Bengals have obviously an incredibly electric air offence when you can get it off the ground, but there are teams this season that have shown that it is incredibly fragile to zone coverage. And by hanging safeties over, you know, Jamar Chase in particular, and what does Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs defense decide? Now nah, we don't need to do that. We can be aggressive. On third and 27, the Chiefs decided to rush eight. 
to rush eight on a third and 27. Just just play prevent. Just play prevent and take take the fourth down and get the ball back whilst you still have a lead. Oh, no, sorry, whilst you're still tying. No, no, no. We'll rush, we'll rush that and allow, you know, Jamar Chase to be one-on-one with the cornerback. Jamar Chase is going to win that, you know, nine times out of ten. And he was allowed to do it whenever he wanted against the Chiefs on Sunday. And more times than not, he got it. Um, the the Bengals did have a blinder, um, especially on defense, being able to being able to prevent the Chiefs from scoring more than three points uh, in the second half after conceding 28 is a massive feat. Um, it's probably one down to conservatism on the side of the Chiefs as well when they've when they've got a lead and they're just seeing it ebbed away at. It's more difficult to get back into the game with momentum. We see that a lot with NFL games. Um, but, you know, the fact that the Chiefs were still able to stand up and do it time and time again, hats off to them. The fact that they got the win, hats off to them. Um, you know, there were calls. I was I was told that there were calls against the Bengals in the first half. Personally, I don't see that as more, more tippy-tappy sort of stuff. And if that is the case, they more than got what they should have back with those two or three calls towards the end of the game on that drive because... Wow. That's all I'm going to say. All I'm going to say is wow to those. Um, that's all I'm going to say on it. Um, at the end of the day, fair play. Bengals, Bengals got it done. They trusted that they, they trusted the connection between Burrow and Chase to get it done. They've had fantastic offensive weaponry all year. The defense stood up where it needed to and deservedly they've won the AFC North. Do I think they're going to push on much further? If they have, if they come up against a competent defense that knows to mark out Jamar Chase, I don't think they're going to do too much. I I do see the Bengals as being a borderline playoff team rather than a rather than a stonking playoff team, but they are there and they're there on merit. One thing I will just say quickly before we move on from this game as well is they got very, very lucky on that final drive. That hands to the face mask penalty, they got them a fresh set of downs right at the end. Yep. Like they almost they almost ruined it. And they had, what was it, four chances from the one or the two yep. yard line to get in. I think they had and three they... chances on fourth down, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, it's just crazy that, that that turn of events and to get that penalty right at the end. I mean, it was a penalty, not certainly not denying that. It definitely was, but... God, what a stroke of luck that was, you know, because the last thing you want to be doing is putting the ball in Pat Mahomes' hands with two minutes to go and saying, right, your turn, you drive down the field, because you just know what he would have done. You just know it. Yeah. And to be fair, me and Josh were actually saying that in a little message between ourselves. We couldn't actually believe that the Chiefs just didn't let them score. It seemed like the obvious thing for the Chiefs to do. But there you go. It yeah. was one of those games. It went from third and 27 at the 38-yard line to running a further 11 plays, sorry, a further 10 plays from within the 11-yard line and running off the final two and a half minutes of the clock. So, yeah, it was um, death by a thousand paper cuts for Browns fans on <laughs> Sunday night. But uh, props to the Bengals. That's and Ravens fans, and Steelers fans, yeah, yeah. fans, and yeah, no, Chiefs fans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they certainly deserve it though. Over the piece, they've been the most entertaining side. They've been the most consistent side in the division. Um, you know, I think injuries have finally caught up with Baltimore. We'll touch on them shortly. Um, yes, there's still a chance that the Ravens and Steelers might squeak in, but to be honest, there's probably more chance of me getting the winning lottery numbers this weekend. But I'm sure we'll talk about that shortly. Let's rattle through a few fellas. Um, bit of a toilet bowl: the Giants and the Bears. The Bears with Andy Dalton back at quarterback, twenty-nine-three. They win. Um, it was pretty much um, 
confirmed before the game that it's likely to be Matt Nagy's last year. So I don't think this result's going to change that in any way, shape or form. And I think we're all in agreement that that's the right decision. So we'll move swiftly on. The Buffalo Bills, 29, the Falcons, 15. Buffalo just need to keep winning now, don't they, to secure their divisional crown um, and got the job done. Um, not exactly the most stellar performance, it's got to be said. Um, Josh Allen getting more done on the ground than he did through the air, but still a pretty routine victory in the end. The Dolphins winning streak and therefore playoff hopes comes to a crushing end. 34 points to three. The Titans take care of business. Um, to be fair, you know, Josh, you'd called this a few weeks ago. You said that you thought the Titans would handily handle Miami. I didn't think you'd be anywhere near a 31-point beatdown, but boy, oh boy. Fair to say that the Titans took care of business, mate. Um, probably looking like now with that Chiefs result, the number one seed based on the fixtures this weekend. They host, I believe, the Houston Texans, or they certainly travel to the they Texans do. one or the other. So it seems like it should be another win. Um, just very quickly on the Titans, we won't touch much on this game because, like I say, it was very, very one-sided. Titans, for you, deserving of the number one seed? <laughs> No, <laughs> no, but nobody deserves it. I don't think any AFC team deserves a number one seed. They all seem to, it just seems to be a result of parts more than anything else. Um, but there, there is a reason in terms of the Titans uh, beating Miami. It's because Miami are terrible. They, they really are. They've just ridden on terrible teams for the last seven, eight weeks. And that's how the schedule went. And yeah, Titans are going to cash in. Uh, that I I reckon that they won't be. I reckon that they'll go one and done as the number one seed. I don't Ooh. see them. I don't see them getting past whoever's next. But it's uh, you, you know, it, it's only because I think that they got that they got what they needed to done early, and they have been hindered by injuries and. And also just bad play since then that they, they got they banked what they needed to early doors. Do you not think that Derrick Henry coming back could have an impact to that though? Uh, but then again though, coming back from that kind of injury, can you trust him to be the bell cow that they need? Of course, but it's a, it's got, he's got three well three weeks essentially now to, to really get fit. Um, or at least to have some kind of impact. Even if you give him like 10 carries, he's still going to have an impact of some kind. So He's going to have an impact, but let me give you this hypothetical, right? The likely seventh seed currently in the AFC is going to be the Chargers, right? Tennessee Chargers. You know, I, I could see the Chargers beating, beating Tennessee. I'm I'm more concerned, to be honest, about the passing game for Tennessee than I am the run game. To be fair yeah. to Dante Foreman, he's now Derrick Henry, obviously, but he averaged over five yards of carry and has done an admirable job. Um, you know, they you got, got to trust sort Tannehill of, to get you over the line. Yeah, Tannehill's stat line: thirteen of eighteen for one hundred and twenty yards. I mean, I don't I don't know what has happened to Ryan Tannehill this season after you know pretty stellar play in the two and a half years prior to that since the the trade from Miami we'd all been talking about how good he he had been um yeah but you know I'm, I'm scrolling back here you know he's only had one 300 game this year and that game was in a loss to the Houston Texans where they lost 13 to 22 and he tossed four interceptions you know it's it's not been a good year for Ryan Tannehill. That would be where I'd be concerned. But yeah, t- you know, Derek Henry is obviously going to have 
a big impact. Let's move on, fellas. Um, another team that still could get the number one seed in the AFC, unbelievably, the New England Patriots, with results going their way this weekend, could do it. Um, they put 50 on the Jags. Uh, the Jags are just spiralling out of all control. I believe there's protests against the owner and everything lined up for this weekend. They'll probably end up in London by the time the season's finished, won't they? So, yeah, not, uh, not good there. Um, talking of not good, Steve, I've got to get your take on this, mate. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers 28, the Jets 24. It's a real shame that the sort of, you know, yet another Tom Brady game-winning drive when, you know, that they'd been behind in this ball game, the entire game completely gets, you know, completely forgotten about, let's be honest, because there's only one talking point from this game. And it was, of course, the bizarre incident with Antonio Brown deciding to... Basically walk out um, partway through the game, stripped off, then did his little cheerleading escapade in the end zone. You know, mental health issues aside, let's hope the guy's okay because there's clearly something not right there. It's surely his last chance in the NFL and surely he's not coming back from this one. Yeah, I, th- I think he's done. I think that that is now enough evidence. Which which GM is going to look at that incident and say, yeah, that guy needs to come on our team and he he can do a job. Like there, there you got to feel there's so many guys. This this league only has a finite number of spots, and there are so many guys out there, young guys that come through the draft system every year that maybe stay on a team for one season or two seasons and never see a field because they're on the practice squad that I would far rather have on my team than that guy. And obviously, like you said, I hope he gets the help he needs because there is clearly something wrong there. I think that guy definitely needs help of some description. Whatever that is, I hope he gets the help he needs, but I think this is his career done. And I hope it is um, because, you know, he's had a long career. He's, you know, he's in his early days in in Pittsburgh, he was an astonishingly good receiver. And take nothing away from me, he's a talented guy. That's what makes it so strange is that he's got talent. And that's been proven even recently. Like he, he's had good games for Tampa Bay. He's a talented yeah. guy, but you know he's had a number of chances. You know, after the whole Raiders incident when he when he was let go by the Raiders, I thought that was going to be the end. But then he's been given chances by two more teams, and yeah, this is it. And that incident was so strange. And apparently, it was because he said that. Obviously, there's various different accounts of what happened. My understanding is that he told the coaches that he wasn't healthy enough to go back in the game. They said he was. He said he wasn't and refused. And that's when he started taking all of his gear off and left the stadium. And yeah, it's an odd incident. Something very, very strange. Probably the strangest thing I've ever seen on a football field. Um, And yeah, I hope he gets the help he needs. But, you know, I'd rather, far rather have other players on my team, even if they don't have his talent, than someone like that in the locker room. Yeah, absolutely, and fair play to uh, to Tom Brady. I thought that you know he handled his his press conference very well afterwards as well. Yes, Let's keep whizzing through them, fellas. The Saints clinging on to potential wild card aspirations. Eighteen ten over the Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, it extends it for another week, but realistically, the New Orleans Saints probably aren't going to be causing anybody any great nightmares if they do reach the postseason. The team that they'll be battling with are the San Francisco 49ers, who took care of business 23-7 over the Houston Texans after a pretty slow start. And they got fired up in the second half. Um, Trey Lance getting the start in this one um, and looked... You know, reasonably okay. Looked like a rookie at times, but you're going to expect that. Um, you know, but certainly some meaningful snaps for the first time uh, for a long time for Trey Lance, and they get the job done there. 
Um, where else can we go, boys? The Cardinals back in the wing column. I mean, probably a little bit of a surprise, I would have said, based on the form going into this one. But Cardinals 25, Cowboys 22. Steve's got a big smile on his face because he always does when the Cowboys lose. Uh, I um, was more smiling for, for it's Kyler Murray's record at AT&T. He's now 9-0 and at AT&T Stadium through, wow. his, through his high school, college, and professional career. He's never lost at AT&T. A friend of mine's a Cardinals fan, and I said to him, like, as it, as it stands, I think the Cardinals will play Dallas in the uh, playoffs if, if the things stay as they are. If I was the Cardinals fan, the five seed going to the Cowboys number four, I'd be like, yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> we don't lose at AT&T. Bring it on. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, lost in this. I mean, like I say, it was probably a little bit of a surprise based on the fact that the Cardinals in recent weeks, Josh, had, had sort of been trending in the wrong direction. Um, but actually, in terms of the Cowboys, dare I say, record's been good. But Dak Prescott's not exactly been having a great year, all things considered, in my opinion. When you think about the weaponry that he's got around him, um, you know, he's had the odd good game here and there. But overall, I don't think his play's been anywhere near what it was pre-injury last year. Um just give us your take on the Cowboys, mate. Where do you think they go in terms of the postseason? They're obviously, uh, you know, confirmed as in, but uh, how far do you think the Cowboys go? Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be Kyler Murray getting a 10th win at AT&T, isn't it, at this rate? Like Steve said, it's uh, it looks like it's already writing itself in. Um, even though they're probably going to end up going... I mean, they've already got 11 wins, but can we say that they've been pretty mediocre all season and just brushed aside teams that they should for the most part you know at the start of the year where they really needed to be on it for example the performance against Tampa Bay beating the Chargers all going really well up until their bye week I'd say they were sort of taking teams apart with ease then you started to see little little things creep in you know the they, they were my goodness, they were one and three against the AFC West this year. Um, they lost to Denver, Kansas, and Vegas, and then sort of came back against the rudderless Saints, Washington football team, Giants, and Washington football team. So you, when you look at stuff like that, since their bye week in week six, I might add, they've been mediocre, and they're probably going to carry that in. And if they do lose that playoff game, do, do we class that as a poor year for the Cowboys in a year where most people would have said that it was their time? I realise I'm answering your question with a questionnaire, but... No, I, you know, no, I think you. I think it's. I think it's a fair assessment. I mean, just in terms of Dak. I mean, I said, you know, if you look at the numbers, it's not been a terrible season, but he's averaging hundred yards per game less than he was at the start of last year. Yes, he was obviously on for some record-breaking pace at the at the back end at, at the beginning of last year. Um, but even if you go to the season before that, his, his yards per game is down considerably. His QBR rating is twenty-three points worse this year than it was last. Um, Ezekiel Elliott seemingly has reached his wall. I don't think you're going to see the same Zeke anymore. I think the best running back on the Cowboys is Tony Pollard. Um, and Zeke's just still, you know, probably getting far too much work, really, considering the level of output that he's providing. You know, nine rushes for Zeke this week, 16 yards. The, 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 the spark is just not there. And, you know, that's been the case all season. Um, yeah, I think I think Dallas are an interesting team to... To keep a look on, um, you know, there were 
there were people that thought they might sneak into that number one seed a few weeks ago. I think now, like you say, they'll just be happy to to be hosting a home game. And, you know, like you say, based on where it currently stands, you know, and the record that uh, the Cardinals have got against them, like you say, they'll probably be happy to get through the first round the way things are looking. So still some issues, I think, to be sorted out there for the uh, for the Cowboys. But an important win for, for Arizona obviously means that uh, the Rams... Still have some work to do in terms of clinching the division. They took care of business eventually um, on Sunday, beating the Baltimore Ravens, who continue to outperform their injury crisis, to be fair to them. Um, the Rams didn't go ahead in this game until the final minute of the uh, the game on Sunday. Um, and that, even that took a key fourth down conversion to get them into that position. Um, but the Rams do take care of business, 20 points to 19. And all but end Baltimore's slim playoff chances. Again, there is a chance, but very, very, very unlikely. Other teams that had big wins, the Las Vegas Raiders. Steve, this one was a bit of a surprise. The Vegas Raiders, when everyone thought they were dead and buried, had lost five out of six. Look. They got a bit of a break in terms of playing Cleveland that week that they did in terms of, of COVID, and they only just got over the line, all things considered there. But since then, they've put another two victories together back-to-back. This was mightily impressive against the Colts. I don't think many people would have predicted this one at all. They obviously get the home game to finish the season off. It's going to be noisy. It's going to be loud in there. Um, huge game against the Chargers. But all of a sudden, Derek Carr's looking a little bit like he did at the beginning of the season, putting this team on his back to an extent and carrying them over the line. Josh Jacobs has found the end zone now for a couple of weeks running after seemingly forgetting what it looked like to, to begin the season. <laughs> so what's your take on the Raiders, mate? I think, and, and also, don't let's not forget that they're... Um one of their draft players that they was has been a really good quiet slot corner this season i forget his name was arrested on suspicion of i think it was a dui this week um something Nate, like that Nate um, yeah, that's Nate the Hobbs. one yes thanks sean so um yeah so like the the off season issues for for the raiders do not stop this season has just been a never ending just constant issues in off the off the field um for the for the raiders and it just doesn't stop but yet on the field whilst it hasn't been pretty they are in with a chance of getting to the playoffs now if you'd have said that to a Raiders fan at the start of the season that you would lose your head coach you would just lose a number of players to off-field incidents and would be cut from the team and you would still make it to the playoffs they would be like hang on how does that work how do we do that like you know this it, it's, it is quietly one of the most impressive seasons uh, in the NFL this this year um, just for everything that they've had thrown at them all the adversity um but I, it, it's one of I think it's one of those seasons where it doesn't really answer any questions. We've talked about Derek Carr a lot. You know, is he is he the the quarterback that's going to take Las Vegas above and beyond? I don't think so. He's probably had long enough there. A change of scenery could do him good. I think dare I say it, I think he'd look quite good in Washington. Maybe that's a destination for him. Um, you know, I think he's he's potentially looking at a, 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 a moving on this season. They're obviously in the hunt for a new head coach. You know, who, who knows who that's going to be. Um, but yeah, I think getting to the playoffs is a hell of an achievement for this team, given what they went through in week four or five, whenever it was with the whole John Gruden stuff. So yeah, hell of a season for the Raiders if if they do manage to pull it off. Um, and like you said, it, off air before we started recording, if the Jags beat the Colts uh, next week, which, by the way, the Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. 
If the Jags beat the Colts, <laughs> then the Raiders can just kneel all game. And if both teams tie, they will both go to the playoffs. So he is all hoping for that happening. <laughs> uh, what a way to end the regular season that would be. Um, yeah, you, men- you mentioned the Chargers there. They're the team that obviously the Raiders will be playing. They took care of business this weekend um, and eliminating Denver from playoff contention. Um, more injuries at the quarterback position. Drew Locke um, getting in on this one. Brett Ripien was in for a time. Kendall Hilton actually completed his first pass after playing a full game there last year. I think he actually didn't complete a pass, did he, in that game? He completed one in this one. Um, so, yeah, not uh, not great, though, for Denver. Um, another season petering away, and it feels like that's going to be Vic Fangio's farewell on Sunday as well. Uh, another man who will probably be saying farewell, or quite possibly should be, Mike Zimmer, Minnesota Vikings, two seasons in a row, failing to make the playoffs, 37-10. The Packers handle business and handily doing so. Green Bay seemingly going to lock up the number one um, seed in the NFC, it would seem likely. Um, certainly trending in that direction, isn't it? Um, High scoring team of the weekend, the Seattle Seahawks, 51 points, um, 51-29 against Detroit. It's amazing how these meaningless games sometimes produce these kind of yeah, scorelines, the, isn't it? There's a huge caveat to that one, Sean. And, and the caveat on, there friend. is that Dan Campbell just would not let it rest. Dan Campbell would not ever kick it downfield. He, you know, after after scoring himself, he, he would then go for onside kicks, which meant that scoring on the other side just happened faster. Um, I, I was basically looking out with this game for um, Fantasy Watch. Amon Ra St. Brown basically took over for the Lions and Seattle had no, uh, no way of stopping him. But Dan Campbell literally was just a little guy that could not stop. Even though he was getting beaten down, it was it was brutal, but it was his own doing. It's an inc- it's an incredible stat when you look at this. This is the Seahawks' drive, first drive, three and out, three yards, punt. After that, they go touchdown, field goal, touchdown, 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 field goal, field goal, end of game. That is yeah. incredible. So, yeah, absolutely, mate, as you say. Um, probably their own worst enemies, but look, an entertaining game nonetheless in a game that was essentially a bit of a dead rubber. Um, there's two games that we haven't touched on, boys. I've left them deliberately because they obviously involve our teams. Uh, let's get the boarding one out of the way first. Monday Night Football, the Browns 14, the Steelers 26. Um, obviously, by the time this one kicked off, it wasn't as meaningful as we would have all hoped, or certainly from a neutral's perspective, would have hoped. Um, with both teams pretty much, well, the Browns certainly eliminated the Steelers, clinging on by fingernails. Um, the Steelers got the job done, though, powered by defence, another nine sacks. TJ Watt, surely TJ Watt is the defensive player of the year this year, fellas, surely. Yeah, I think well, so. Well, yesterday would have basically put the nail in. I mean, if I was Miles Garrett, I'd be filing some sort of uh, negligence case against Kevin Stefanski for <laughs> not putting a bit more help on. I'm pretty sure that Miles would have covered TJ Watt himself if he could have. Um, yeah, because so. Hudson wasn't exactly doing anything and the poor stud was there on his own. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, a game dominated once again by the Steelers' defence. Um, 
Big Ben's last game at Hinesfield, obviously he's been a thorn in our side for many a year, take anything off the field away from it. He's obviously going to be a huge miss to Pittsburgh. Steve, been a, a great player for them over a number of years, brought them Super, goal, uh, Super Bowl success, but obviously it felt last year was the right time to move on. It definitely feels like it is this year. I mean, his stat line yesterday, I mean, this has been symptomatic of the season, 24 of 46 for 123 yards. The guy just, you know, can't throw it down the field like he yeah. used to. Um, so it's definitely the right time, but I mean, you know, all I can say, all Jack Baker had fabulous. a better stat line, and it was his worst game of his career. <laughs> Indeed, it's Indeed. it's. Do you know what? I'll, I'll I'll just take the floor a second because I know you guys are Browns fans, and obviously you guys have, is a is a thorn in your side for the last fifteen years or however long it's been. But I think we should give a bit of props to a guy that's been an incredible player in the NFL, and it's a real shame that that his career sort of come to the end that it has, and it's sort of going to be muddied by these last two seasons where his 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 lack is sort of age and lack of athleticism has really come to show. But the guy's had an incredible career. His win loss ratio is 164 to 81 to 1. That is an astonishingly good record for a quarterback. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion, six-time Pro Bowler. He was the 2004 um, uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. And in his first season in the NFL, he went 13-0. and in his first season in the NFL, age 22. That's incredible. Obviously, that was 2004. It was a long, long time ago now. But to have that longevity, and I know he's missed a few games over the years and in his later years, certainly last couple of years, he's mostly might not have had the injuries apart from 2019. He's obviously looked a lot less than he than he was back in his heyday. Guy has an incredible career. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly go down as one of the greats. I think he's a he's a, probably a Hall of Famer. Um, pretty pretty easily i think um and and yeah it's 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 sad to see to see him uh, to see him go out like that but i think it was great for him to go out on a win um and yeah uh, and uh, interesting to see which direction that the steelers going but one other thing is mike tomlin becomes i think it's the first coach in history to have 15 seasons without a losing record that is incredible and i think we've spoke earlier in the season about is he the best coach in the nfl and I think he is. I I know obviously Belichick and Brady and all that sort of thing, and a lot of people would put it in Belichick's court. But Mike Tomlin, man, for him to get a winning record out of that team is is an incredible feat, and yeah, the guy just keeps going. Yeah, no, phenomenal stuff. Really is, um, like you say, it was written in the stars that it, that Ben would get his uh, final victory over Cleveland. Um, so yeah, I, it was. Uh, sorry, well, Sean. Just on a lighter note, just before we move on, uh, the best thing I saw about Ben Roethlisberger last night, though, uh, is that a quarterback has never looked so much like the fans of the franchise he plays for, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to admit, looking at it and then looking at the fans behind it, I was like, my God, there are doppelgangers of him all around <laughs> and it weren't masks. So, yeah, I just wanted to throw that nice little tidbit in there. Uh, yeah, I'll be glad to see him gone. And that is probably the biggest um, that is probably the biggest compliment that a Browns fan can give someone of Brent, Ben Roethlisberger's position is that I'll be very glad to see him gone, even in his current state of basically unable to move an arm. Yeah, unable to move and still 2-0 against the Browns this year. That man yep. has had that man has had that team's number his whole career. Steve, we've left the final one for you, my friend. Your time to bask in the glory. If we'd have said 16, 17 weeks ago that there'd be fans of a team on this podcast in the playoffs, even you wouldn't have thought that it would be his good self, mate, and the Philadelphia Eagles. But job done, mate. 20 points to 16 over the Washington football team. Congratulations, buddy. Postseason await. 
Yeah, I, and, oh God, I, it's, it hasn't sort of really hit me yet. It's still one game left, and the Eagles have clinched with one game remaining. Now, this is a team that is in a... I'm going to get a bit wax lyrical here, because I don't do this very often, because the Eagles haven't been very good for a little while. But um, it's not very often that the Eagles clinch with a week to go. Um, and this is a team that's meant to be in a rebuilding year, new coaching staff, um a new quarterback um lots of new weapons the eagles a couple of stats for you um first of all i think nick sirianni is i don't it's not it's not an official award but i think nick sirianni is the rookie head coach of the year i think that should be easily his this eagles team at the start of the season had absolutely no way of making the playoffs no way i think someone in our team even picked them to have the first overall pick <laughs> I'm, I'm reveling in that now how wrong they were i can't remember who it was i'll props to whoever that was but um yes i'm reveling in that now um they have 35 million dollars worth of dead cap that they are playing to players that are not on the team this season which is the most of any team that's ever reached the playoffs since i think the panthers did it in 2013 with about 21 million dollars of dead cap hit so that is a that is a lot of money they're playing guys like carson wentz zach Ertz, uh deshaun jackson malik jackson on the browns um uh, Alshon Jeffrey, there's a lot of guys that are not playing for Philadelphia this year that they're still paying and they've still managed to to pull off some cap magic. Um and they've just they've just played hard. The Sirianni's learned that the strength, the rushing attack is incredible when Sanders is healthy. Obviously he's, he's got a bit of a I think it's a broken hand, so he was out this week, probably out next week, but should make the playoffs. Um so they've lent on the rushing attack, they've played to their strengths, they've won seven of nine and have won four in a row. Um I, this was an ugly win and someone said that this team is not winning a playoff game whilst I would probably agree I think they are probably a one and done you know give me a give me an LA Rams give me a Tampa Bay Buccaneers and let's see what we can do because this defense has been playing better again they're not amazing I'm not saying that this Eagles team is one of the best in the league but the playoffs is a different beast and you know some of these some of these guys have got a lot to prove and I think this what I will say is this offensive line is the best in football this offensive line is playing some incredible football right now. And it is, a, it is a travesty that Lane Johnson is not in the Pro Bowl. That's what I will say. Um, but yeah, exciting to be back in the playoffs again one season out. Um, yeah, interesting to see what we can do. And uh, I just hope we don't get Dallas. I just really don't want to get Dallas. Because <laughs> if we get Dallas, we'll just lose. I just know it. We'll go away TNT and we'll lose. It's just going to happen. I don't think you should be allowed to play divisional opponents in the first round of the playoffs. I don't think you should. You know, like in the Champions League where you can't play a team from the same country in the in the first knockout stage. I think it should be like that. I think it makes it more interesting. You have a choice of six, Steve. A choice of six teams total. Yeah, well, I don't think you should be allowed to play someone in the same division as you. I think that should be a rule. But there you go. Um, you won't say that if you beat them, though, mate. That's just think how sweet that will be. What I will say, though, also as well on this, if you win your division and then you play like the Saints did last year, and then you play a team from your division in the wild card round and you lose to that team, you should have to pull down the banner in your stadium that says divisional champions from that year. What, you reckon <laughs> that the division ship then gets transferred? Yeah, it should. Why should so you be for a example, if when you lose the them Bra- in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, so for example, then last year when uh, the Browns went to the Steelers, I think, did the Steelers win the... Yeah, so so then we should have been Precisely. able to take that banner home. Precisely. I can, I, can, Ab- I can accept that. Absolutely, because how can you claim that your division winners if you lose to your divisional rivals in the first round of the playoffs? Nah, you should get that banner stripped down. The fans should be allowed to climb the stadium and pull it down. Nah, not having it. 
You know what? You know what? I'm with that. I'm with, I'm with that. Let's mandate that. I'm good. There we Let's go. go. Mandated. Yeah. We best not get climbing anybody up though in uh, in and around Philadelphia. They nearly all fell on your quarterback this weekend climbing up the stands as <laughs> yeah. he uh, made his he's, way out down the tunnel. He's, he's just sent a letter to the Washington football team asking what they're going to do about that. <laughs> Oh, it was terrible. So Have you seen the instant? It's awful. It is like, awful. Yeah. Is that, they were so lucky that it, it was that side that fell and not the other side. It would have literally if, landed right on top of him. So if, yeah. If he's like a foot or two to the left, that breaks his leg. Like, yeah. undoubtedly. Ridiculous. So yeah, that is awful. By the way, yeah. another couple of points on this before we move. Uh, number one, with Steve's uh, initial idea, it will have to be the fans or the players that going and literally nab the banner. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't automatically transfer. You have to literally nab the banner. And then second thing, if we're talking about Washington mess-ups, they're going to announce their new brand and name on February the 2nd. So keep that in your books, because I'm pretty sure that's going to be a PR nightmare, no matter what they think. I'm just glad it's not football team. How dreadful would the name football team have been? Because I think there was talks at one point that they might have stuck with it. No. Yeah, I no, would not uh, mind it too much. Yeah, it's going to be announced, like you say, in a few weeks' time. So we'll we'll see how it goes. They seem seem to have handled a lot of the PR side of it pretty well in in recent times. And when I say recent times, I'm talking like weeks, not like obviously any longer than that. But uh, let's wait and see what happens. What that's led to, then, fellas, is week 18, of course, and most things are pretty much sorted now. I say most things. There are a million possibilities, not quite a million, 256, I think Steve told me, 256 different possibilities in terms of the AFC and how it finishes up. The biggest likelihood, let's be honest, is that the Patriots and the Bills both win, the Colts win, and then that will mean the winner of the Chargers and Raiders gets in. There are scenarios which mean the Steelers or the Ravens could still squeeze in, but in all likelihood, based on the games that we've got coming up, the Colts and the Jags, yes, Steve's mentioned that record, but you would expect the Colts to handle business there. The Bills have got the Jets. The Patriots have got the Dolphins. You would expect everybody to win. The Patriots and the Bills are in regardless anyway, so that doesn't really matter too much other than for seeding positions. Um, and like I say, that, that final wildcard slot then would come down to the Raiders-Chargers game, which has been moved to Sunday Night Football. And on the other side, there are two teams that are still playing for the one spot that's available. That's the 49ers and the Saints. Um, in terms of this week, the 49ers have got the Rams. So that's obviously a difficult game with the Rams still needing to win to clinch the division with the Cardinals up against the Seahawks at the same time. The Saints, their game is against the, just searching for it now, the Falcons. So it's Saints-Falcons. Um so that one's probably a little bit more up for grabs based on the fixtures. Um, so, Josh, you've been doing your playoff predictor for the last few weeks. Where do you see it going, buddy? Uh, right. Sorry, was this um, where do I see the whole playoff picture or the game? Yeah, well, just the whole thing. I think, we, you know, yeah. like I said, there's one, no, there's one left fi- in the that's NFC. That's fine because I'm, uh, I have to admit, I, I dozed off for half a second finding the bracket, knowing it was coming up. Uh, so... On the AFC side, I'll give you the wild card matchup, shall I? So, New England travel to Buffalo to decide the AFC East, a la Steve's idea. Um, then Cincinnati host the Colts. 
and the Kansas City Chiefs host the Chargers. I've got the Chargers holding out against the Raiders. With so you've down. got it staying exactly as it is. Yes, exactly I do. Right now, I have Kansas beating Denver. I have the Chargers beating Vegas. I have Cincinnati beating the Browns because the Browns are literally giving up now. Uh, I have the Colts beating the Jags because it's the Jags. Um, Buffalo are playing New York, are they? Yeah, you know, they're playing the Jets. So even with a second string, they should win that. And New England are playing Miami. Now, that one could be the one where it gets messed up. Which, in that case, then Indianapolis and New England switch. So New England would play Cincinnati, and the Colts would play Buffalo. I just don't want that. I, I want could one you, of the Patriots and the Bills gone by the divisional round. Could you see a situation where the Titans lose to the Texans? Just because the Texans have been a thorn in some teams' sides this season. They put up a really good performance a few weeks ago against Seattle, I think it was. And, and Chargers as well. They beat the Chargers a couple yeah, of weeks ago. That's right. That's right, yeah. And I think there's been a few, there's been a few, all of those games you just said, you'd expect every single one of the teams in the AFC playoff picture that's already in to pretty much win i could see all seven of those teams winning next this week if there was one that i was going to pick that i think might be the 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 kicker i think it could be the titans you know because like you said they don't look convincing at the moment and well you've only got to go back steve to week 11 titans 13 texans 22 there you go. That was that was the game that I said that Ryan Tannehill tossed all those interceptions. He threw for a lot of yards, but threw for a lot of interceptions. So there, there is form there certainly. Um, well, I, I've I've just put it in for you, Steve, and that ends up. Let's say everything else stays the same. Although we might as well open up the Jets versus the Bills in that case, then because of what the Jets <laughs> have done to good teams this year. Since uh, he would then have the number two seed, the Chiefs would take the top. Unbelievable. So since he take since he have the Chargers. Uh, Tennessee would host the Colts and Buffalo host New England still. Um, so then let's say uh, I like that, that, and that, and then so, so then could I give you for, yeah, could I give you for the divisional then the Chiefs playing the Chargers and the Bills playing the Colts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, In what would be the oddest, what would be the oddest divisional? matchup going I think being able to somehow find the charges and cuts in my current setup I actually have it so that we have a Los Angeles Super Bowl in Los Angeles oh wow <laughs> that would be interesting yeah. let's let's touch on the NFC so then the Packers 13 and 3 um, still need a win to clinch the number one overall I believe um, then you've got the Rams and the Bucks at 12 and 4 Cowboys 11 and 5 Cardinals eleven and five, Eagles nine and seven. Like we said, it's the Niners or the Saints. Which one of the two have you got in, mate? I've got the Saints in. Yeah, I've got the Saints in because they're playing the Falcons, um, and also that I, I, I always seem to get this the wrong way around. But the Rams do well against the Niners, don't they? I think it's the Rams that do well against the Niners. The Cardinals do well against the Rams. I think that's the way around. Don't remember. In, in that division, there's always one club that does well against another, does well yes. against another, yes. does well against another. Yes. And I'm pretty sure that the that, that the Rams have the Niners number. 
Um, so I see them taking it. They're like a six point favorite as well. And to be honest with you, I, I, I think that the talent pool's too large to cover there. So I do think that the snake, the saints do sneak in at number seven. What that does to the rest is that the Rams play the saints, the Bucks play the Eagles and the Cowboys play the Cardinals. How do you think you're fair against the Bucks, there, Steve? Do you know what? I, I've obviously this is the playoffs, and no team, especially if you go in as the seven seed, which I think the Eagles probably will, because uh, yesterday they put twelve players on the COVID list, so I don't think there's going to be many starters starting in in, in Philadelphia this week against the the Cowboys, who Mike McCarthy's already said are going to be playing all their starters. So I think the Cowboys <laughs> will win this week against Philadelphia. Just quickly on that as well, if if the Eagles were to beat the Cowboys this season, this weekend, if they did, the Eagles would move to 10 and seven and the yeah. Cowboys would move to 11 and six. This all, all singing, all dancing Cowboys team that everyone's been praising all season would finish one game above Philadelphia. Yeah. Like, it's because they've been able to coast. It's because they've been able yeah. to coast. That's, that's yeah. all. They've, Trayvon they've Diggs is a fraud. At. That's why as well, <laughs> but we'll go we'll, uh, more on that later. Um, I, if I could pick any of the, if we assume that Green Bay have, wrapped at number one which i think they have or will already do um because i think they'll win this this weekend anyway um i think if i could pick any of the three that are probably going to win the divisions i think i'd probably pick the rams matt stafford has changed the second half of the season matt stafford is like lions matt stafford the guy i know he was on the lions but he hasn't won a playoff game in 13 years in the nfl don't even think he's been to one um you know, give me that Rams team. Again, I'm not saying that they're an easy team to beat. There's no easy games in the playoffs. There's no games in the NFL. But give me the Rams. I just think Tom Brady is just, you know what he's like. Plus, the Buccaneers' run defense is pretty good. And that's what the Eagles' strength is, is their run game. So I'd take the Rams over the Bucs. But, you know, this is playoff football. The problem is if the Eagles are the seventh seed and they do manage to beat a Rams or a Bucs, they're just going to go to Green Bay the following week because the Green Bay are the number one and we'll be the number seven and Green Bay will play the lowest seeded team remaining. So yeah, we're just going to go to Green Bay and lose at Lambeau. So it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> You've got to be in but, it to win it though, mate. You've got to be in it to true. win it. And you know, so everybody, uh, everybody that's gone home this week, would certainly like the opportunity. Let's put it that way. Um, in terms of the scheduling boys, we'll just have a very quick flick through the games themselves individually. Um, just point out a couple of highlights and things to watch. Um, first thing, there are games on Saturday. Yeah. Don't know where that's come from. That's a bizarre new thing. And I mean, to be fair, I mean, what duds they've given us as well. The Broncos against the Chiefs, um, Eagles, Cowboys, which we've just basically said will be it's, pretty it's, meaningless. It's Saturday night football as well, which means it's one fifteen a.m. our time. But yeah. if the Eagles aren't even playing starters, that means I don't have to get up for it, which is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. The interesting thing, though, in terms of that, I mean, like I say, it's a pretty, it's pretty much a dead rubber in terms of Chiefs Broncos. But of course, if the Chiefs win, it, well, if the Chiefs lose, well, whichever way. <laughs> but the point is, the Titans will know what they need to do, which I think is a little bit of a bizarre thing, really, because the Titans could choose to sit whoever they wanted if the result's going to be meaningless, but. We'll wait and see if that plays out or if it doesn't. Giants, Washington, probably, possibly. Joe Judge's last game, want something to bear, keep an eye on. I think he's probably is another it? one that's on the hot seat. I'm reading that they're going to they're going to keep Joe Judge and they're going to oh, get rid of Gettleman. 
I'm reading that Judge is in line to stay. They want to keep George Judge and they're getting rid of Dave Gettleman. And I'm just oh. thinking to myself, why? Because why they love the culture. He had he had a 10-minute rant on, on after the game this week about pretty much nothing. And it was just the airs of a guy who doesn't really know what's going on. I mean, I understand the Gettleman firing, like paying... Uh, Kenny Golladay, $78 million over four years was a travesty. But uh, yeah, George Judge, like the the Giants won two Super Bowls not 10 years ago, two with Eli Manning, and this is where they are. They have the worst record in the NFL over the last four seasons, bar none. There is is a reason for it. And it's something which the Browns didn't do when they were in the mire, i.e. their entire time since 99. But what they what they did was constantly look at the coach whereas if you can if you've got a guy that can come in and go look i'm not going to get you far but i will get you disciplined or i will get you in a certain way i will i will be able to get you on the path for which you want for the next guy they probably have that in joe judge he's not going to win you a lot of games he's not going to be able to scheme up a masterclass but I think that there is sort of a buy-in in terms of the team, at least. You don't hear a lot of bad things about Joe Judge from within the organization or anything like that. So they probably see that this is going to be a big rebuild for them. So the, the thing why is, go out giant, and get someone? The Giants have been rebuilding for like five seasons. Like, yeah. when does where does it end and not getting but any that, better? But that's I mean, on the GM, surely. Yeah, but I I just don't think I agree with you. I think you need a certain type of character when a team is in the mud. But I just don't think George is the guy. The whole thing earlier in the season. No, he's not. But he won't be the guy. He won't be the guy to take him forward. But they're like two years away from that. Probably. But yeah, I just yeah, I I I personally don't understand why they're not cleaning house myself. Yeah, I would be cleaning house as well. For me, you know, to be fair, for look at the last seven games. These are the Giants' points totals. The last seven games: 10, 13, 9, 21, 6, 10, 3. Pretty, pretty awful. It's got to be said. So yeah. Anyway, whether it whether it is or it is in his last game, that's probably the only reason to watch the Giants' Washington Football Team. Browns Bengals, if you like backup quarterbacks, you're probably going to get two because Baker Mayfield's having his shoulder eventually surgery surgically repaired Joe Burrow likely going to sit with that knee Raven Steelers they're the two that can still potentially squeak into a wild card they need a bag of stuff to happen um, likely to be Which Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> yeah, likely to be Ben Roethlisberger's last ever game obviously if the results uh, don't go the way that the Steelers need them to um, be interesting to see if Lamar Jackson gets back on the field this year or not probably not I would suggest Lions Packers um, can the Packers wrap up the number one seed to be honest, if they don't do it against the Lions, that will probably be the biggest surprise of the weekend. Jaguars, Colts, we've touched on that one already. Obviously, implications for the Colts in that one. Vikings, Bears, potentially, again, two head coaches coaching for the last time in that one in Zimmer and Matt Nagy. Texans, Titans, we've touched on. Falcons, Saints, we've touched on. Cardinals, Seahawks. Um, Cardinals could still potentially get the divisional crown back from the Rams. Um, they obviously need to win and hope that the Rams lose their game with the 49ers. Bills and Jets, Dolphins and Patriots, all just about which one actually finishes as the divisional champ in terms of those two. If they both come out as victorious, the Bills would take it on tiebreakers. Buccaneers, Panthers, um, so final home game of the season for Tom Brady 
And obviously, like we've said a few times, the big one has been flexed to Sunday night football, the one that in all likelihood should be a win and in scenario. Let's hope they can't just kneel down on the ball because we joked about it, but it would be the most boring three hours of NFL football ever. As hilarious as it would be, even if they just threatened it, maybe if they just come out and did one drive each just to get everybody in the crowd completely riled up. I actually think it'd be the best. It would be the best hours of coverage of it because the commentators would have to do something. <laughs> they have to find ways. You know how in the cricket, for example, when there's like an yeah. unexpected rain shower and then they've got to do something with the nine hours of coverage they're billed to do. Yeah. It's like, um, um, well, the selection committee have uh, definitely had a bit of a mare this time around, haven't they? You know, imagine the stuff. It's, it would basically just be a John Madden um, memorial hour, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. They probably they probably do have that on standby just in case. Yeah. The NFL I'm, wouldn't I'm... allow it, would they? They something would be in place where they just wouldn't allow it. Like Roger can run on the field and be like, "Nah, you're not allowed to do this." Someone, someone throw the ball. <laughs> oh dear. I'm sure the it won't come. I'm sure it's not going to come to it. Surely the Colts will take care of the business, and we can all spare that anyway. <laughs> Brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs> Scott Anderson would still get excited, wouldn't he? He would still get excited. (laughs) Yes, he would. Right then, boys, that wraps it up in terms of this week. We've obviously got one week of regular season action to go. There's not much left in terms of playoff pictures to sort out. Like I say, pretty much, although there are a million potential scenarios, it's probably a case of winner of Chargers, Raiders gets in to join the six that are already in the top six positions. And it's really just a case of who fills that last one in the NFC. Obviously, the order will change around a little bit. But as we said, once you get to this stage of the season, you're going to have a difficult game, whoever you come up against in whatever stage that game's played in so we shall wait to see oh, where it all shakes that, up that means we're approaching super ultra mega wild card weekend as well aren't we with the, the game across season three days. Ever. yeah exactly oh yeah because there's six games and they're doing it across three days this year aren't they so yeah, that means that someone's going to play monday night football and guess it's definitely 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 going to be philadelphia so i've got to get up at some stupid hour no it's going to be definitely 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 be charges chiefs actually yeah probably be a west game west coast maybe maybe Mm. would make too much sense would make too much sense Right, fellas, that's it. Wrapped up for another week. We'll be back next week to discuss the final standings. We'll do a bit of a post-mortem on the teams that haven't got to the post-season. We'll obviously look ahead to what the post-season has to offer as well. Um, good end of season stuff as well in the college arena. Check out all the stuff in the college. Lads, enjoyed watching a couple of the ball games myself this weekend. I've got to say, there was some uh, entertaining balls being played Um in the college world so check out all the stuff that those guys are doing as well we'll be back next week in between your ears and until then thanks for listening to the full 10 yards nfl podcast thanks for listening to the podcast don't forget to find us on all our social channels twitter instagram facebook tiktok and youtube head over to our website full10yards.com where you can find out more information about why we are hashtag for the game